Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Get Your Shine Box, a show about two brothers that chat about the movies that influenced us and how that affects our parenting nowadays. As always, I am with uh, my wonderful brother here, Chris Hamm. Thank you. You're very kind. This is kind of a special day, actually, because uh, it's your anniversary. It is. It is. We're recording on my anniversary. No kidding. So how's that marriage going? <laughs> no right oh, after this, we're going to counseling. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to wear Jules' wig uh, so I can stand in and he can use me as a punching bag. No. You know what? Actually, you guys, I am super envious. You've got a wonderful marriage and oh. you've got great kids. And, you know, obviously the movies did you right based on how well you're, you're rolling it out, man. So well played. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my name is Tristan Ham, uh, the other brother, the other brother's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, yeah, we just watched a gem here. But before we get into it, before we really get uh, stuck into the film today, yeah. uh, you have a question. Well, I was going to ask you, how was your week? Like, so let's just do a little yeah. uh, daddy barometer, and we'll sort of give me give me your Coles notes on how you dadded this week. Yeah. Well, you know what? It was interesting this week because uh, uh, oftentimes I teach at night. Mm. Uh, my, my the course that I teach and takes me till late, and then afterward I go, and it's like getting the kids ready for bed, and blah, 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 lunches, and all that kind of thing. Right, right. But I didn't teach last night, and I kind of had the night off, in a sense. And what'd um, you do? Did you do something dad, dad, dad delicious? Well, I just sat with the kids, and we watched TV together, which sounds kind of <laughs> mundane. Right. But perfectly skewed to what we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. But what was lovely about it was that they chose the show, and mm. I just I just came up and jumped on the couch, and we watched together, and we were watching Simpsons, like some episodes of Simpsons. That's stuff. super interesting. I'm going to have an addendum to that in a minute. Yeah. Well, no worries. But but you know what was lovely about it was just I haven't had an opportunity to just sit down and, and just go no-brainer, because it's been go, 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 go. So yep. the week's been busy, but last night was wonderful because I sat on the couch, hung with the kids, and we just laughed at something that they wanted to watch. And it was lovely because I was interested in it too and finding value in it and a lot of the, the subtleties. Like I think sure. they like the overt kind of Simpson stuff, right? Yep. With the, uh, <laughs> the loud and, and silly and, uh, you know, uh, pratfall type stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, And I laughed at like a, little, a bit more of the subtlety stuff. But it was lovely. It was actually a lovely evening. I'm like, and it made me think, Ah, I don't do this enough. I don't kind of just take time to hang out with them and something they're interested in. Luckily, it was something I was interested in too. Yeah. And just hang out and relax. So that was, it was really lovely. That It's nice when that intersects. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So that, and then, you know, that that's put me on a, a bit of an introspection where I'm like, yeah, I got to do this more. Like, yeah. I need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. oftentimes, if they're into their own little world, sometimes to see that. Uh, opportunity to find something you both like to do that doesn't always happen. So yeah. it was good that you saw it and kind of capitalized on when it mm. when it came together. Well, it was Jules that pointed it out, actually. Oh. <laughs> Which was funny. She's like, oh, that was really nice to see as you sit with the kids and stuff and do that. I'm like, oh, geez. Wait, I was just watching The Simpsons. Were they there? Were they there? I totally missed this. Kids who? No, yeah. <laughs> Someone brought chips, but I was... It's positive it was you. Uh, yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, but what about you? What was your week like? Uh, so, you know, it's early in the week, right? So yeah. today's Tuesday. Uh, but... Scarlett was sick, so she mm. stayed home today, um, which I typically hate, mm. um, only because I can't be attentive. Like, so, you know, most of the day she spent time just sort of watching TV and kind of, you know, got her lunch and little snacks here and there. But, yeah. you know, by the time 2.30 rolled around, she was pretty done. Mm. But I was like, okay, well, what would be fun? So we, we got our shoes on, we went to the park, we did some oh. swinging, and we played for like about an hour. And then we came back, and interestingly, we were watching The Simpsons. Oh. Which is something that she also more is the Pratt Folly kind of silly parts of it. Yeah. And then you can kind of like, hee hee hee, some yeah. of the stuff. And plus, 
I always hearken back to when I was first watching that series. Mm. So, I mean, I'm thinking, like, we were into season five, and, you know, um, oh, there's, like, uh, one of the episodes was, like, the the House of Horrors that yeah. they always do, like, the Halloween lens. And so it was, yeah. like, the take on Dracula, like, Brown Stoker's Dracula that was done. <laughs> Birds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, you know what? It's just all the, the um, uh, fond memories of it. So it was nice. And, oh. and same thing. I'm like, oh, you know, this is something where yeah. I often leave them to their own devices. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. you know. If you're not in my hair, maybe that's like okay for an hour or two. But yeah, uh, but this was really great. So we had kind of a nice little wrap up to the day, even though it was a really busy day. Yeah. What What did you feel like when you got home from the park with her? Good, you know. And it's same yeah. thing. You don't think about those opportunities, yeah. and then you do them, and you're like, ah, shit. Like this was like so much fun, and we built a little sandcastle, and we did some swinging, and she's showing me how she can climb up the slides by herself, and how she can't climb up the slides by herself <laughs> as she face plants and like slides down, and then oh, I hurt my leg. <laughs> That was awesome. So you know she's really she's at that age where she's all just sponge mostly anyway. So yeah, so it's it's pretty fun. But I think the important takeaway from all of this is like you've got these little moments that happen you know daily sometimes or weekly, yeah. and it's important to catch them when they happen. Yeah, I agree. And and geez, yeah, you got to pay attention because I don't all the time. And so can I ask you a question? Yeah. When we were kids, do you remember how often Dad would like do those things with us? Like, do you do you have like a dis- like there are distinct memories I do have. But I, I will tell you that they are infrequent. And this, this isn't pointing a finger. Yeah. It's more of, he was also a busy dude. He did a lot yeah. of traveling. And my sense is that there's probably, he always enjoyed it when he did it. Mm-hmm. But probably himself would say, I wish we would have spent more time doing some of these things. Yeah, I, I don't, uh, it's terrible. This is, okay, another addendum. <laughs> addendum on the addendum. Right. <laughs> Uh, is that I, I don't have a lot of, I don't, maybe my memory is just mush, but I don't have a lot of recollections sort of younger than eight years old. Like I actually have very little memories of that. No, it was all the uh, lead paint. Sugar. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sugar laced lead paint. That's it. Well, one, one of the episodes that we just finished watching was when, um, Bart and Milhouse have that one super squishy that's all syrup, <laughs> and he goes into like a bender. Spring and fails, spring fails. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, they could have been all the uh, like the pure syrup squishies you had when yeah, you were a kid. I think so. So so um, unfortunately, the awful thing is, is that I don't actually remember much of that at all. Hmm. You know, I remember. You know, if I was like, because I like to like, well, break things, but build things too. Um, you know, build little like, like um, things like a uh, throwing star or like a sword. Oh, I've got the scars. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weapons and stuff like that. Right. Uh, perhaps a glaive. Anyway. Uh, but, um, and I know, I remember dad getting involved in that and, and starting, you know, and be like, oh, here, you know, here's what you got to do. And, and, and we would, would work. Here's what you got to do. Yeah. I got so mansplained as a child. That's like... it. The thing you got to understand. <laughs> here's where you screwed up <laughs> what yeah like okay. oh. <laughs> that's right cry <laughs> but i re- i remember um dad getting involved in in that and and making things great and and he'd often like uh you know we go to the get in the forest and, and grab some wood to make a slingshot or stuff like that so yeah. i remember that pieces but i don't remember uh, going to the park and sort of playing and stuff like that. I don't recall that. Well, you know what? And so that's a mobility issue, right? Like, yeah. for sure, those are things he just really, A, probably didn't enjoy doing or getting to mm-hmm. a park and, like, meant he would have to walk across a field. And yeah. uh, dad's got some mobility issues, like, with his leg where, you know, it, it's not the best. But, 
you know what? He pushed through so many things that he probably oh, never should have tried. Like cross-country skiing. <laughs> like downhill skiing. Oh, all skiing. And putting him strapped onto skis. Like he's basically just a butterball ham. And you just <laughs> strap him on just and like wax him and send him. Like that's like a suicide. But the yeah. guy, he always resilient. He'd come he back for more. Yeah. No, no. He was yeah. fearless, man. So yeah, that's true. That doesn't surprise me entirely. I don't remember any park stuff either. But yeah. but he was always game. Like to your point, like to put the boys in the back of a truck. Yeah. Highly illegal. Oh yeah. And like, that was take us out of the woods. And, like, <laughs> like you say, like cut slingshots or you know, do yeah. all the do all the little things that he actually like liked to do and probably things he enjoyed when he was a kid. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think you know what it's funny just because in relation to what we talk about here on this podcast is some of the <laughs> movies. Like I'm thinking like we there were some movies uh that dad enjoyed that we watched together. There was stuff like that. But um, there was also the things that he imposed on us. Like yeah. we were talking about this the other day. Like, uh, why in the name of all that's holy did we watch like Cat Baloo so many times, or Paint Your Wagon so many times, or Little Big Man? You're like, these movies are terrible for kids. <laughs> like, I am bored out of my fucking skull, and you're just like, ha ha ha. Hey kids, yeah. you know that. That's, uh, this Dustin Hoffman. He's not a native. He's a Jew. Like a little big man. Oh, I look at all the wives he's got. I, yeah, it's, no. I know. Yeah. But uh, but those are that was that was a kind of fun. Like uh, you know, uh, I think if I watch, I've actually watched Little Big Man in forever. Uh, I permanently blanked that one out. But my details are so sketchy because I believe at the time I was just thinking like, if I could carve my eyes out, what utensil would do it best? And I. You know, landed on knitting needle, but I just never, you know, you know <laughs> pull the trigger on it. I, but he did, and, and I wouldn't say absentee at all, but but just what he did, though, was he'd leave it to our own devices to watch kind of whatever we wanted to. Well, and so now we're back to crawl. Like, so, yeah. I mean, here's a movie that, um, t- like, we watch this a ton. I remember, yeah. like... Well, we've talked about The Brick in previous episodes. And yeah. so in Fort McMurray, we had uh, one real rental place, and it had about 6.5 movies you could mm-hmm. get. Uh, that 1.5 being a beta because it was slightly smaller than a VHS. And so, you know, you got to recycle a lot of the same films. And yeah. one of the films we took back from the brick really often was Crawl. Yeah, yeah. Crawl, uh, 1984, I want to say. Uh, the movie? Like yeah. The year that it came out? I thought you were talking about the film. I'm like, oh, that's Ooh. bleak. Oh. Like, <laughs> that's a John Hurt you don't want to have to get through. Like, no kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> that could be hey, dangerous. kids. Um, who here is uh, afraid of totalitarian okay. society? Yeah. Like, Daddy, when do we do hate time? <laughs> it's right now. <laughs> it's right now. 83, sorry. 83. Okay, there you go. Cool. Yeah, that's right. Because um, one of the things we're going to touch upon is uh, the composer, James Horner. Yes. And we did a review earlier of uh, Star Trek The Wrath of, of Khan, who also used James Horner as yeah. a composer. Interestingly, he just took took that same score, changed a couple notes. I mean, I was thinking about this. He's like Jackie Rogers Sr., where he was just like, give me a C, a bouncy C, and just came up with a score from there. Oh, oh man. I hope we can slide some clips in at some point, because holy shit, there was like no, like, even... Trying to hide how lazy this fucker was in coming up with that score. We, we need to play awesome. them like side by side. Oh, I just, think it'll be upsetting. I bet you it's on YouTube. Well, you know what? I think other people have pointed this out. I mean, if you really want to yeah. go do your research, people will be like, oh, you could see the C sharp was different from the D minor. But, no but anyway, yeah. it's pretty shameless. It's so funny. Yeah. So, uh, yes, we've said a few times, Krull is a movie we're going to uh, talk about today. All right, so quick synopsis. What do we want to tell the, tell the listeners? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, you're putting this on me. You I, want, I can do it. You so, want me to, no, I want you to synopse. All right, here we go. Okay. So, Krull is a movie about a, uh, a world called Krull. Yes. And credits. Done. Yeah, no. Done. No, so it's about a world called Krull. Uh, it's a medieval society. These are guys on horses and, and, you know, they've got swords and, you know, it's, it's pretty basic. Yeah. But there's a prophecy that uh, the child of this woman with an ancient name will have a child and that child will be the ruler of the world. world. And maybe... The galaxy. The galaxy. So right out of the gates, there's no there's no galaxy play involved here. These guys are like yeah. backwoods, Excalibur, basically, there's running around on horses and Galileo. shit. Galileo. An... But, but this is the time of Star Wars, right? Yeah. So you throw a little like, it's like yeah. showing a nipple. You're like, there's going to be a little <laughs> bit of a galaxy in this. And people are like, ooh. <laughs> and of course, the main, the main bad in this is this beast from outer space who's got yeah. a ship that's a mountain yeah. with a bunch of stormtroopers, effectively. Steady. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> On a planet with two suns. <laughs> oh my god, steady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully the main guy doesn't meet like some wizened guy. Well, and he's not a whiny bee who like ends up like complaining about his misfortune in life and gets sure. dragged along to his like heroic escapades. Well, like, he doesn't have wield like a mythic weapon or no, anything. No, no, nothing that could anyway be why the fuck is like <laughs> you know Lucas not suing the shit out of these guys for just like very broad strokes. You just took my movie and shoehorned it into some medieval fantasy. That's his game now. Now, yeah. now Lucas is is on the prowl. He's Pro- the he's the predator. Probably at the time though, he'd have been very yeah. encouraging. Like, oh great, more yeah. things to support this idea. It's only going to help me build job. up my friend. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just has lawyers hiding in his little beard and just pop out whenever they need to like throw a lawsuit at someone. <laughs> he is. He's awful. He's I the most know. litigious guy in Hollywood. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, the main bad dude decides that he wants to get this woman who's going to have this child who's going to rule the universe. Yeah. So he sends the troopers of lightning the, in. The coconut heads. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> S- sends them in to go capture her. She gets captured. Uh, all of the two kingdoms that are coming together to get these couple to get married yeah. uh, are slaughtered. And so <laughs> wise man shows up. His horse is having some psychedelic stare at a wall. So the people who were doing the, like, I don't know, the animal training on this just oh. must've stuck an apple on a, like a stool outside the shot. And that thing is just fixated. Like he's just that's really slobbering. <laughs> anyway. So he gets on his horse, takes him up to the mountain. They go and try to find the glaive. It's supposed to be super tough to get. Yeah. And yet all you do is reach into your... The, la- the worst fucking side quest. Oh, it is just like a pile <laughs> of like... Ah, dragon yeah. snot that is running down a hill and the guy just sticks his... Like I thought Slimer was going to come out at some point and just... <laughs> it was so bad. So anyway, he pulls out the glaive and it's covered in like, I don't know, panko or something. Happens <laughs> to flake He off. nibbles it off. That's basically, it's deep fried, but you know, it's the calories that are going to kill him in the end. It's not the beast. So anyway, now he's got this mythic weapon, which yeah. took about four seconds to get. Yeah. And, but even though he's got the weapon, he can go straight to the castle. He can't get there because here's the twist. Here's the twist. The, the castle itself moves every day. So you've got a 24 yeah. hours notice and it, it could be anywhere across the world. So it's almost impossible to stage yeah. an attack. Yeah. But if you can find a seer who can tell you where it's going to go, yeah. no problem. Then they can tell you where to go. You, you mount your army, you get ready for it and boom, you're there and you can get in and cut them with this magic mythical weapon. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> here's the thing. Turns a, out seers are dime a dozen on this planet. <laughs> well, the delicious irony of this seer in particular. Oh, uh, well, what do you he, mean? He's blind. Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's got to hurt, right? Like to be no, told, hey, your son, you're hey, raising seer. him up. You're going to be a seer. Like, go fuck 
yourself? Like just I have a name. It's Jerry. Okay. <laughs> no kidding. Whatever Do blind seer. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, no kidding. Well, look at you. Um, ignorant jerk face. How do you like that? No kidding. How do you like Because that lines up with your skills. <laughs> Suck it. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That is a bit of a mean-spirited approach, but it kind of fits with that whole... Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, if you're going to yeah. lose some sort of, like, physical side, here's what you gain as a trade-off. And maybe yeah. that's kind of the... Maybe you make that sacrifice. They really don't go into his backstory that much. That's it. And Except for the weird thing he's got with kids. Yeah. Like, he's got this one little sort of dude, and I don't think it's, like, anything, like, odd that way, but... I mean, what's the kid doing? Is he going to be a seer at some point too? And is that weirdo going to just blind him at one point? Poke his eyes out. You're in. Initiation. Oh, I was okay with not. Can I be a seeing seer? Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Can we try that for a bit? That's not how it works. (laughs) That's not how it works. No kidding. Uh, Job applications. But before they get to the seer, um, you got to build the team. Oh, right. That's it. So here's the thing. And I don't think they deliberately, obviously, go and do this. But as they're on their way to the seer, they run into a bunch of, like, bandits. The rat They are. They're just a bunch of roughnecks. And, I mean, here's a whole ton of fun dudes show up in this way. So there's early Robbie Coltrane. You've got early Liam Neeson. (laughs) When was Liam Neeson's hairline ever normal? Like, was he born, like, as a coconut and just (laughs) those little sprigs that come off of, like, coconut hairs? Because he's, he's got like, that widow's peak. He yeah. does, and he's, oh. he's apparently had it forever. Yeah. Like anyway, he's he's always fine. He's got a particular set of skills. Obviously, which, <laughs> that which, is it, well in this movie in particular. It it's, is it's humping. Humping. Yeah. It's <laughs> got a lot of wives apparently. So you know, I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. His resume on this one is pretty pretty tight. So it's Robbie Coltrane. He's a bit of a downer. Uh, you yeah. got Liam Neeson who shows up. You've got uh, Alan Armstrong, who is a guy who shows up in everything. Mostly like yeah. he's a British. You know, snobbery uh, parliament guy and a lot of stuff. But yeah, in this one, he's, he's in a lot of cop shows nowadays. That's it. I mean, yeah. he's got a pr- well, I mean, it's thinning, but he's got like pretty fun curls in this one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and they're all criminals. They're all got chains. And because uh, Colwyn is, yeah. the, is the name of the hero, because he's now the king. Sorry, uh, say that name again. Colwyn? 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 I don't know. Who knows? I That's know. the thing. Everyone says it a little bit different. It's. Anyway, no kidding. <laughs> Anyone who's doing the dialogue coaching on this is just like, whatever, just whatever. roll with it. We got James Horner. Yeah. He's got something magical going to happen in post. James, you you left a little coke on your nose. No, no, no I can write. I can write. <laughs> that sounds a lot like. <laughs> shut up, shut up. No, yeah, it's honestly, I oh. the people who are like, yeah, Gene Roddenberry. I don't think he was either like a, a really a litigious guy either. Like he wouldn't nah. sue people. But if I saw that come out afterwards, I'd just be crushing paper cups like crazy. <laughs> Corner. Susan, come in here and bring me a paper cup. That's right. Oh, uh, what, what's his wife? It was, um, uh, uh, she played character on, uh, she was Christine Chapel. Oh, uh, yes. So she could have come in and brought him more paper yeah. cups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you would call her Christine Chapel. I mean, obviously she's got a real name, but <laughs> no, no maybe kidding. just for love play. You've met my wife, Christine Chapel. Ah, uh, that's actually not my... <laughs> no, <laughs> well, she later becomes the voice of the Enterprise, too. That's true. That's true. It's just that voice in his head every yeah, time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Telling him about his faults that's and how it. it could be better. <laughs> Until he strangled her. What? Oh. Okay. Sorry, on a different tangent. a lot of demons <laughs> in this TV <laughs> no. show, Gene. Actually, what's interesting <laughs> is Krull is a nexus of a whole bunch of different actors and actresses and, and stuff yeah. that we've covered. So, I mean, one of them is James Horner and yes. Ratha Combo. We'll cover off on some other ones. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, they do get this group of rapscallions. He has a key because he's the king now and he can open up any of the locks. Yep. But they agree to stay in their chains until they succeed in the mission. Yeah. So anyway, now they go to find the seer. The seer is happy to help them. Uh, He starts to use his powers in his regular, I don't know, Gilligan Island hut. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> turns turns like out the little Jade. guy Titch is the skipper. Yeah. Or no, he's the Gilligan of this. And he sort of comes in and gets whacked over the top of the head <laughs> and he screws up. Like, hey, little buddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, also, I have to mention that uh, a wizard shows up. He that's flies right. in. He gets cast in. It's, yeah. um, what's his name in the character? Is like Berto. Berto it, the Magnificent. Is, yeah, Irig. Er, Ergo. Ergo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ergo the Magnificent. So Ergo, Ergo the shows up. Flies in, casts his magic. Turns out he is trying to yeah. also uh, better, better his skills, and so he comes along with him. Let me see if I can get this. He is small in stature, tall in purpose, uh, wide in vision, and narrow of purpose, or something like uh, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that is not that's it. it. That's, that's not, not it. it. We just watched this a couple days ago. What were we doing? <laughs> we had a lot of wine that night, uh, uh, which I can attest to because. <laughs> About an hour and a half after we were done, I was out cold. <laughs> I found the beanbag. I was just like, ah, oh, we had a little pizza. Yeah. And just, <clears throat> a little Flash Gordon and we were out. Oh, Flash Gordon, man. Well, that's another one we'll try oh, to cover yeah, off on yeah, a different yeah. time. Because that's one where just, in, to your point, yeah. at the end of that, they're just like, fuck it. <laughs> they're just going for it. We got to wrap this up. We got yeah. 45 minutes. Like, <laughs> we, we got Max Vaughn for like another two hours. Okay. Can we just get this done? <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian Blessed has just attacked the craft services no table. Kidding. He's got someone's throat in his mouth. <laughs> no kidding. Ah! <laughs> Jesus. He's mouth. hitting people with a mace? Like, just. <laughs> Look at it. Timothy Dalton's in the corner sulking. Oh, I know. <laughs> just trying to, like, comb his hair the right way so no one can see it finding okay. out. Yeah. You watch. I'll be a Bond one day. Sure, you Whatever. will. Whatever. No. Go, no go Get another donut, heart. Dalton. <laughs> People shooing him away. <laughs> Anyhow, all right. So, all right, so we got, we got the uh, wizard showed up. Yeah. Yep. So we got the wizard. Uh, yeah. They go to go see the seer. Seer is telling them that he can't do uh, mm. what he needs to where they're at because uh, it's the beast can crush. He crushed his emerald, so he yeah. can go to a place, an emerald palace, and if they go there, then his power cannot be defeated. Yeah. So the seer, they go on a journey through a swamp, uh, <laughs> and of course, nothing could go wrong. No. No. So who's our next character to be introduced? Because this one is delicious. Oh, the Cyclops. Yeah. yeah. So as it turns out, for some time now, a Cyclops has been tailing them. And uh, you were mentioning this. The, this poor Cyclops, because of the prosthetics, he's got goo over both of his eyes. And he's just got the one mechanical eye yeah. that kind of blinks away. But he can't see sweet shit. Like the whole time he's trying to act and run through this swamp like at full speed. And he doesn't know where the fuck he's going. Like he's no. going to get concussion after concussion in this. <laughs> Do you remember that uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon where they had Daffy Duck as uh, Robin Hood? Yeah. And he jumps off one of the, <laughs> one of the trees and he keeps whacking Bam. his and just yoinks and away. That must have been that guy's every day every just day. crushing himself. He doesn't remember a second from all the concussions. <laughs> oh, he took no. so many blows to no, the head. That poor Bernard Breslau. Well, there it is. Yeah. So anyway, they, they also run into the Cyclops. And as it turns out, mm. they send a doppelganger in of the uh, the seer. That's right. Who re- kills the seer, stuffs him in the water. Yeah. Uh, turns out that Colwyn, Colwyn, Kalua uh, ends up going to get to where the the, uh, the Emerald Palace is by himself with the doppelganger, and the doppelganger starts to choke the shit out of him with yeah. his like talons. That's right. And suddenly, dashing the through the sw- oh man, yeah. dashing through the, the swamp comes yeah. the Cyclops. Yeah, whips his trident thing. Yep. So they don't actually let him throw it. I'm praying because if he's doing trident practice without any vision, there was a lot of lawsuits that came out of that film. Like he's a big guy too. Imagine if he just. 
oh, if he hits Titch, his head's coming off. Like, he's going to be blinded and oh just sitting there in a pool of that. Oh, yeah. God. It, like, that swamp was what? Oatmeal? It, it was, was a full-on soundstage. But it was a soundstage. And here's a, a fun fact I yeah, learned yeah. fairly recently is that that's the that soundstage was the same one uh, that um, Legend was filmed on. So there's a great film. We should actually do that yeah. one, too. Anyway, I'll continue anyway. with the synopsis. Right. So... Um, so after that, once uh, the doppelganger is dead and they recognize that they can't see the seer, they have to come up with another plan. Right. And so, <laughs> oh my God. Our this buddy, is, Freddy. Yeah, Freddie Jones, who we've talked about in Dune, mm. he plays Thufer. This is another one of these like coincidences that come together. Mm-hmm. So Freddie Jones, who's basically been shouldering this entire thing, the one or two guys in the whole film have got a little bit of gravitas yeah. and none of his lines are ever just like, Hey, yeah, that's a great idea. It's like, ingenious. That's we it. must take it to the next level. In the morning, oh. the mountain. Yeah. Oh, he God. is, yeah, chewing it up. So as it turns out, he used yeah. to be a hero at one point. Yes. Or someone of note. Yeah. Uh, and he ends up uh, bringing up that he knows of another seer. Because, yeah. you know, you could just go to the corner store and pick <laughs> up another seer. But, I mean, this one's kind of special. And. As it turns out... Takes um, out his black book. Oh, that's thing. right. Uh, oh, I know a seer. No kidding. <laughs> Once you see her, you're going to love her. <laughs> yeah, he's got... Uh, he's the Space Fonz. He, or, sorry, Medieval Fonz. Space Fonz was uh, from Masters of the Universe. Yes. Because that is uh, Strickland. Strickland. <laughs> yeah. He was Space Fonz. So, hey, anyway. forget about it. Uh, uh, no, I want to <laughs> go back. I got, hey, I got hey. clean air. I got bitches. What, what do you want? <laughs> totally. Oh my, oh, my God. Just anyway. rewarding the worst behaviors. Those are the guys from Canon who are just like, yeah, what he said. Like, <laughs> no he's living kidding. it. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So, anyways, uh, Medieval Fonz mm. goes into the Black Book, finds out uh, the Alyssa, or Alyssa, sorry, Alyssa. Uh, who is the woman of the web, yeah. uh, basically also a seer. Yeah. Um, anyone who goes to see her definitely dies. Oh, yeah. Uh, except maybe he can do it because they used to be in love. Yeah. And the reason that she got imprisoned in this spider web yeah uh this crystal spider web was because she was going to have his baby Maybe. but she was so angry that he left right. that she killed it yeah um dark it's a light fun family film <laughs> you know um i was like oh oh i don't oh. i mean obviously i heard it a hundred times when i watched it but i just kind of was like oh, really, yeah you know, i really I, process it because it's almost like a throwaway line well so kind of right? like yeah. you know it, until you're a parent, I don't think you really understand. I mean, what no. it would mean to kill a kid, but holy shit! <laughs> now I'm just like, ba- oh, like just because you <laughs> were pissed off one you day, like killed. No kidding. Your parent. Well, like, <laughs> no kidding. I gotta protect my kids. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, they go and meet uh, her, and they, yes. they he goes in and um, he goes and tells her like, you know, there's a woman with the same name as him. She's got an yeah. ancient name. She's gonna rule the universe. Although, what if he got her pregnant? She's got an ancient name. Maybe Uh they were going to have like the super, maybe she killed the super kid. Maybe the whole thing is already wiped out and they're just doing it for not. I didn't even piece this together. Holy shit. I didn't even think about that. Yes. Because she had the ancient name. Yep. They could have had the prophesized kid. That's it. Yeah. But I mean, her her withered spider womb now is probably (laughs) just cobwebs and like (laughs) dust. Yeah, no kidding. Well, the hourglass dust. Uh, So that's a little crusty crab you don't want to have to try to, you know, shuck. So anyway, he, uh, so she decides to let him live. She tells him where the next location is going to be. And yes. she takes the sands of her life, yes. cracks open the hourglass, gives yeah. it to him and yeah. says, if you use this, this will keep the crazy deadly crystal spider at bay yeah. until you get, get out of here. Yeah. And so he 
you know, starts to climb out. He lets a little bit go at a time. So uh, there's this big, like almost like white transparent spider in yeah. this cave. And that freaked the fuck out of me when I was a kid, man. Because well, this is Clash of the Titans time when a lot of stop animation was still yeah, kind of a big yeah, deal. And this is yeah, a stop animation yeah, yeah. spider. But I actually feel like this is in many ways better than the Clash of the Titans uh, stop animation creatures were. Yeah. Well, they must have a, a bit better a budget. I mean, it was later in the uh, in in that technology. But man, yeah. this spider, man. This, I was freaking out because like it was pretty it's a pretty tense scene when he's like shucking along the uh speaking of shucking shucking along the the spider web and it's like it's coming after him like and the, it, the spider's yeah. really well done it's got this it, it's almost a slightly transparent it's got this like red like innards yeah like you can see through like, the translucence like it's sack and there's it, like obviously like a heart or something is pumping away in oh, there and then you know before Oh, as yeah. as the you know the main guy is leaving, as Freddie Jones is on his way out of there, yeah. uh, the spider goes back and kills Lisa, yeah, like yeah. eats her up. It was like, Ugh! Mm-hmm. so for sure they they did a really good job in building tension with that creature. Like the yeah. animatronics were very well done for that. That was pretty good. I would agree. Anyway, un- unbeknownst to Freddie Jones, as he's releasing those sands, yeah. it's also killing him. Like that's yeah. also his like the sands of his life that are going. So that's right. There's just enough time to share the location of where everything is going to go down, where the beast is going to be. Yeah. Uh, but then of course Freddie Jones is dead. Yeah. I gotta go back a second because okay. there's a wonderful connection here. That yeah, shoot. Talking about. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, shoot. So the the widow of the web, her name is uh, Francesca Ennis. 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 Definitely. She was known on a different circuit before she got into mainstream. <laughs> so um, she had this big scene with Freddie Jones, and they're having a big chit chat. Blah 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 blah. Right. And you pointed this out, and I had no idea. It just totally clicked when you pointed it out. Was that Francesca also plays Lady Jessica? In Dune. That's right, in David Lynch's 1984 Dune. Yeah, which... At, with Freddie Jones, Freddie who Jones. would have played Thufur Howard. Yeah, So yeah. Uh, that was kind of a neat little... Again, this is this Nexus yeah, moment. Yeah. So, you know, Freddie Jones was in Dune. We reviewed that. And here, yeah. you know, um, Francesca and uh, Freddie kind of come back together for this. Yeah. And I think, you know what, they both have really good poise. And I mean... Even though the film, you know, doesn't really hold up. And we've often <laughs> talked about, you know, the yeah. rose-colored glasses yeah. of... Are we trying to give this more... More credit than it's due. <laughs> I think this one actually really tried. It was like it, good. it had good people. Yeah. Um. So you know, this was kind of a neat little you know nexus of of cool that kind of came out of watching yeah. this again because I never would have pieced that together. No, that was a good. That was a good sh- good spot. Yeah. Uh, to see that because that's it's neat. And then now when you think about Dune, like when they went back and, and filmed Dune, they must have been like, hey, remember when they did that web thing? Wasn't that fun? I was like, oh, yeah. Did you see my age makeup? It was fucking terrible. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, a little bit bitter budget. But I mean, truthfully, I, I mean, I forget the name of the director of this movie, but uh, he's no David Lynch. Let's put it that way. Like, David Lynch was hot. Like that, he it was a big name at the time. He had a whole bunch of stuff that was coming out. Um, you know, he had just built his name in sort of the independent movie circuit. Yeah. And this one, this had a lot of budget. Like, I mean, we've talked about this in the Dune episode, but, you know, a lot of people wanted to see that movie get made. Like, Dino yeah. De Laurentiis was all about it. And I guess this is Peter Yates, yeah. um, who's a guy who directed this film. But, I mean, uh, you're not going to hear much about Peter Yates later on in your life, whereas, you know, David Lynch is still making making movies today. Well, that's it. You know, I think he did some stuff. Uh, we're just learning it now kind of thing. Bullet, uh, The Dresser. Oh, few other films. And you stuff. know what? So, Bullet, Bullet's not a small film. Like that's actually pretty decent. But. This is true. This is true. So he's he does have a good filmography. But but if I was like, hey hey, yeah, what do you think of that Peter Yates film? He'd be like, say who now? <laughs> no kidding. <clears throat> Whereas David Lynch, you're like, ah yeah, okay, yeah, for I know sure. what you're talking about. Who yeah. you're talking about? Okay, so so the the <clears throat> ancient one, Frank Jones, has yep. just cacked it. He's yep. gone. Yep. Right. So anyway, uh, now they know where to go. So yep. they head out to uh, find the beast. He's in the iron. Fields like a basically yeah. a deserty, 
I don't, not really no sorry he was in the desert then he shows up in kind of a field the of, Iron Mountains yeah no kidding so it's basically turned into the Hobbit now uh, so they're going to the Iron Mountain yeah. they're going to find Smog which is basically what happens it's a big dragon yeah like type creature this beast well they have to uh, unlock the door on Durin's day well of when course the thrush knocks happens to just be at the right time and if they can sneak in and get out the uh, the, the uh, Kingstone what was it called yeah the, the uh, Arkenstone Arkenstone yeah, yeah. what's a Kingstone the Glavestone. The Glavestone. The Flintstone. Uh, then, you know, they're going to have a yabba dabba do time. Uh, so, so we're halfway through the film at this point or so. Maybe uh, a little three, more. Let's say, let's say two-thirds. Two-thirds through the film. Yep. How many times have we seen the Glaive used? The most iconic weapon oh. that is on the poster. Yep. How many times? Yep. So... In fairness, I kind of get this, right? Because one of the things about using the lightsaber is there's that one, there's the bigger battles at the end where you kind of get more of a feel for it. So you don't want to give away all of your, like, eh, the big reveal on it, right? Sure. But but here's the thing. If you were going to go up against a world, like a universe traveling, laser soldier wielding creature yeah you sure as shit would want to know what to do with this thing so where's the training montage there's nothing like i want a little rocky like him and apollo <laughs> ring down the beach and just him hitting him like apollo in the back with the glaive and just <laughs> tearing him up like a meat <laughs> like ding ding <laughs> that's, that's it exactly that, oh my god i'd love to see him just like throwing the glaive into the ancient one and just carving him up like a thanksgiving turkey <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he never gets a chance to use the glaive, which never is actually lies. really foolish. Because yeah. imagine he doesn't know what to do, or it doesn't work for him. He doesn't understand the willpower <laughs> aspect. It's not going to be so bad. He's just... Oh. <laughs> And then... Uh, anyway, Lissa, so uh, okay. how are you going <laughs> to... Okay. Magic Bad shows up, like just, ooh, hey. Strickland's in the corner, like, hey, <laughs> no, okay. uh, he's been traveling the universe. Uh, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> you get him, beast. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, so yeah. So he hasn't he hasn't used the glaive at no. all, for sure. In fact, it's just kind of hung on the side. And actually, you did a really good uh, point out, though. Because one of the kingdoms in the very, oh, very beginning yeah. actually knew about the glaive and had yeah. a sense of it because it's in their tapestries. That imagery is cool. Actually, we saw and we started to see that a lot throughout was yep. that the glaive image was in, uh, yeah, tapestries, was yep. in, worked into like artwork, chairs, um, statues, pillars, stuff like that. So I was, I was seeing it everywhere. I was like, oh, wow, I never noticed that. But what's interesting, though, is if you knew that the glaive was like readily apparent in yeah. so much of the artwork in the history... People should have known more about it. Also, why didn't someone else seek it out ahead of time? Because it's fucking easy to get. Like, just re- reach into some, like, I don't know, afterbirth, and you just happen to have, like, a deadly Woo! super weapon. Yeah. I mean, you get a glaive. You get you a glaive. Get a glaive. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Any, so it's kind of stupid. I would love it if you looked in the background, like, of that, that volcano-esque area, and there was, like, glaive shapes, like, a bunch of them sort of, like, coming down, like, in a conveyor belt. Oh, kind of. Like, if there was just, like, some starfish who shat them out. <laughs> Like, it's painful because they've got, like, those, like, <laughs> blades that come off the edge. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. you got to get it out of your system. And if you've been sitting on it long enough, I mean, I'm sure it just compresses into, like, some sort of diamond-like metal material. So, whatever. It just, ugh. Yeah. Anyway. So, yes. Okay, he's so never used the glaive. To... They know exactly where to go. Yes. They get everyone together. But here's the problem. What's the it's problem? It's super, super far away. We'll give up. There's what? nothing they can do together. Except ah. some fun filmography with uh, with some horses, because you've got fire mares. Yes. There's always a good solve for these kind of like long distance travel issues. So uh, they decide to round up a group of fire mares, which are 
it's regular horses, horses. Yeah. Uh, and they don't use any saddles, although they're going Mach 5. Like, they're buzzing the tower. Strickland shows up again. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, getting, you're writing checks, your butt can't cash as they go by and they're fire mares. Like, god damn it. So anyway, they decide yeah. to saddle up on the fire mares. They manage yeah. to get to where the the castle's about to disappear and they, yeah. they just manage to get inside before, boom, it moves and it's off again. Yeah. But everyone's in, so it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah, except who? Oh, who didn't come in the initial charge? Oh, was the Cyclops. Because right. here's the thing. So yeah. this is actually really important. The Cyclopses yeah. can see into the future. They've yeah. got one power. They gave up one of their eyes to yeah. be able to have. But the only thing they can see is their death, which fucking sucks. Like, this is a terrible power. And no wonder he's kind of somber. I mean, I would be running into trees too if I had to just to end it. Like... Well, even if I knew, I'd be such a daredevil, you know. Oh, I know. I would be like back well, diving off a cliff. But like, here's the thing: if you, you hadn't, off. if you hadn't seen your death that day, I'd be yeah. like, "Yep, yep. we're doing it. Woo! I'm gonna ride to this naked." Like, here's the thing: I'll give you a million dollars if you put a firecracker up your ass and light it. I'd be like, "It's on. We're it's, doing this. It's on. No I'm yeah. doing five. I'm putting fifteen. <laughs> I'll up your ante, yeah. like up my ante." Uh, yeah. So for sure. So, so he foresees his death. Yeah, as, like, hangs back actually because yeah. he thinks he's just gonna wait there and die, but. Yeah. What's going to kill him? Well, no, he's just going to like, I don't know, sit on a rock and get, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, just like, I don't know, lay uh, his nuts on one rock and another rock and just pound them until he's like dead. It's stupid. He like, foresaw it. He foresaw it. He, he could have stopped it <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Could have done anything other than just hang out there. It's really weird that that's the way that he resigns himself to his death. Well, and, and, and apparently if they don't, if they don't, uh, if they try to deviate from their death path, They'll die? What? <laughs> you already have me on my... Like, I've got no options right now. I don't, I don't see the downside. Like, wait, right wait, now, wait, wait. I'm taking up smoking. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've got it all at this. Yeah. yeah. That math doesn't list. add up. No. Absolutely. Yeah, no. you're right. So, so yeah, he just decides to wait. But what happens? You know what? So, they get in there, and he decides to come. Yeah. He, he manages to come. And here's the important part because you're right. They actually would have failed getting into the mountain on time because the Cyclops yeah. actually comes yeah. and is the one who holds open the doors as they're closing. Yeah. So he manages to really um, allow everyone to make it in. So he really saves yeah. the day on this. Yes, he does. He does. He ends up getting squished in a door. He gets super <laughs> crushed by some Castle of Grayskull like foam rocks. So actually, they should have used that set. For Masters of the Universe. That would have been oh, a great Grayskull. Yes, actually. Yeah. Ah, oh, ah. and I really want to talk about Inside the ca- inside the Castle. Because yes. uh, I don't know. You probably do remember this. And most people who are our vintage would. Yeah. But that whole Inside is so Dementia 5 from <laughs> Spider-Man slash Robin Hood. Like just this weird psychedelic like... Swirly, it's, it's swirly like gumdrop. Fleshy. And, oh, I know. And it's, it it's is. A little it's like she's Geiger. in the beast anus. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Just part of this is the colonoscopy of power. Like, <laughs> did you find a polyp? <laughs> no kidding. That's Sorry. it. That's it. That's it. Can you can you really just check around the uh, the nipple because I feel like I felt a lump. Yeah, there. yeah. So yeah. she is in his. Uh, Anus uh, for yeah. about you know well days actually since she's been captured movie pretty much basically yeah, yeah with she the... just kind of wanders around his anus <laughs> for the entire <laughs> film <laughs> really uh, uh, I know so so they're inside yeah yep. so she's yeah. In, they're inside they're searching for her 
Uh, they end up kind of like coming into all these different sort of booby traps, traps and people and, fall into yeah. stuff and you know they slowly get picked off bit by bit. Yeah. Uh, all the while, like uh, Ergo the Magnificent is also developing more of a friendship or a kinship with Titch. Yeah. Uh, because you know his seer is now dead and he kind of he turned himself into a puppy for Titch so that he, he could did. have like a little yeah. friend, uh, which yeah. is kind of a cool little gesture. We also yeah. didn't really we didn't cover before they actually get to the fire mares, that this is where Liam Neeson's moment to really shine comes through. Maybe maybe I'll let you cover that one. Because, like we said, the one set of skills, this particular set of skills is humping. Because he's got lots of wives, lots and we get to wives. run into one of them. Well, they need a moment of respite, right? Yep. They need a moment to relax as Freddie Jones goes off and checks out his, his, his spider babe. Right. And this is also a good time to sort of mention that this is a test for Colwyn. Yes. Colwyn? <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is another test for Kahlua. This, so, is, this is a test for Caligula. Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot of tests for Caligula. But uh, so what happens is the beast sends uh, a, a, an imposter, another creature, yeah, a little assassin, uh, a little a sexy vixen to try yeah. to seduce him, and he sexy tries to assassin. show it yeah. to Lissa so that she can see that he's not going to be true to her. That's right. He will betray you, and he shows a little like hologram yep. of what's going on, and and he's already like got her uh, wrapped up instantly like yeah. that was pretty quick and she's like comfort me tonight he's like i cannot no and kidding kind of looking yeah. out, out at the fourth wall like <laughs> no hey, kidding can i i feel like she's watching yeah this. are we doing this <laughs> oh, is, is this, this happening, happening? Yeah. <laughs> so so he, he yeah he does resist her and then uh yeah and then yeah. because she fails yeah the beast kills her yeah and so but this is the weird part like so in so he's like he kind of turns her down and then she holds out her talent she's got yeah. her death talent and she's like in the in the few moments I knew you, in the I, five minutes I loved you. <laughs> like, what is this guy? Like, so I also want to talk about Colwyn, yeah, Caligula, yeah, Catmandu, Catmandu. Uh, let's talk about his pants. Yeah, let's talk about Catwoman's pants. because there's something in like, he's got these weird leather jester pants that he's been wearing this whole time that are the least comfortable. They look like they're just painted on. Yeah, and so, but clearly he's got one of those like. Uh, spinal tap, cucumber wrapped in foil, <laughs> numbers in those leather pants. Because in five minutes, it's yeah. just she's yeah. she's prepared. He he was a handsome fellow though. I mean, he was got, a handsome fellow. Well, Ken did, Marshall. Yeah, he did a lot of work after. Uh, not he did not. <laughs> oh, he, you know what? He just he was too handsome, too handsome to do more than one film. Exactly. This was his Corvette summer, basically. <laughs> you know, got a chance to really get in there. You know, do do his uh, his bit. But I don't ever really remember seeing him do much afterwards. He looks familiar, though. Like, I'm sure if I... I'm, I won't click on his IMDb right now. But I'm sure I could track some things that I've seen him in in the 80s. Like, the odd, like, you know, Delta force type no thing. Like, or the whatever. villain in Beastmaster or something. Like, Mark Singer <laughs> just beating the shit out of him. Because he can grow a beard and Mark Singer can't. <laughs> are, you, are you saying that Rip Torn is the same person <laughs> as Ken Marshall? Uh, they are not even <laughs> remotely related. <laughs> Oh, I love Rip Torn. I He's know. such what a funny villain. We gotta watch that. We're one, gonna man. watch that. Is now it's on. We gotta oh, see it. God, he, He's such a comedic talent too yeah. to do that turd. Like, yeah. you know, kidding. Just between like V for Mark Singer, like trying to do like this big movie role post oh, uh, that yeah. TV series. That yeah. anyway, that show was a fucking gong show, Beastmaster. We won't get into it here, but it is. It was like. I, I literally got Bastards. ferrets afterwards because I was like, oh. yeah, man, that's a pet. Oh. That's cool. And then yes. they were awful pets. They were awful pets. So whoever's listening right now has got ferrets. I apologize. But you've made a terrible, <laughs> terrible, 
terrible choice. Uh, anyway, okay, so, so so after that trial, right, uh, kind of thing. And, yeah. And, so uh, now, now they're the, now they're at the castle. So we can kind yeah, of move okay. this along a little bit. Uh, so we're in the uh, castle. There's lots the castle. of traps. traps. Uh, Liam Neeson. Uh, everyone's fighting their way through. Yeah. They finally... I mean, most of the bad guys. Uh, most of the um, the support crew have been wiped out at this point. Yeah, yeah, like, so they kind of get picked off one at a time, and most yeah. of them really don't get a lot of exposition, but a lot of the main guys, like Robbie Coltrane's still there, yeah. uh, Liam Neeson's still there, Ergo the Magnificent's still there, Titch is still there, Titch is still and there. Uh, certainly Torquil, who is the main sort of bandit leader, is still there. So. Yeah. Uh, I think the other the other dude, the um, the handsome man, the handsome, um, um, you know, the young... Oh, uh, Unibrow? Yeah, Unibrow. I think, I think his name is Todd Cardi. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so Unibrow is there, too. He's, Oswin. Yeah, yeah. Oswin. He's yeah. the one Osmond brother that no one talks about. So just <laughs> change it slightly, but I didn't have much musical talent. But geez, I sure look good in like feathery pleather. Uh, yo, that's it. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> someone's gotta go wax that son of a bitch. He's like <laughs> just a furry human. Anyway, uh, so yeah, these guys are all kicking around to the end, and then uh, you know, then the big confrontation with the beast, and yeah. Yeah, so, uh, well, this is it. Now it's time to fuck him up with the glaive because glaive, you've got all this practice man. and you're, we, uh, you're lethal with it. We got deadly. this weapon, yep. this weapon that is absolutely built to kill the beast. It's what its whole purpose is, man. So he flings it off and what happens? Ah, so it uh, he, he sort of uh, hits him and it doesn't really seem to be doing too much. Like he just kind of <laughs> oh. like, kind of bounces off him a bit and uh, I don't know. I don't really feel like it was a super effective weapon. Like it wasn't. Just, it eventually, just, yeah, it eventually embeds in the beast and he makes like he's died, right? He does like sort of Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, so, you really got me. Oh, I know, but, it, but you know, it's the one sort of hit. It doesn't yeah. seem like he's really, and it's only a surface wound. Yeah. Like it's really, you it's could just pop wound. it out, get a, like a, a Band-Aid. <laughs> Space Band-Aid. <laughs> Space Band-Aid. And I think yeah. you're, you're going to be okay. Yeah. But you're right. He kind of feigns his death yeah. and then it won't come out. And then, you know, uh, he keeps pulling at it with his will and just he can't make it work. Yeah. So so then Cullen calls upon this superpower. <laughs> Call, cuttlefish. <Cowbell>? Cuttlefish. <laughs> okay. Uh, calls upon this superpower that he has. Uh, well, something he calls upon it. He mean they remember the marriage ritual, right? Yeah, yeah. right. So, oh, remember you have like a flamethrower in your hand? <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, yeah. Why did we get the glaive? <laughs> hey, fuck, what? What? Flamethrower? Excuse me? <laughs> Uh, you've got me a Ginsu knife uh, in the shape of a circle, <laughs> so or I could I could set the world on. F- I'm gonna get take flames on this one. Yeah. Like I'm going Human Torch on that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. So they they finish the marriage ritual. So you know, way way back in the beginning, they were doing this yeah. marriage ritual. He takes his flame that gets set afire in his hand. He puts it in the water, and he's not able to get it back until she gives it back to him. Yeah. Uh, Lissa, because that's her power. So yeah. she can set up the flame, he takes her hand, then he gets it's the flame. It's all out. a metaphor for sex. You know what? He takes her flame. Yeah. She, oh, I'm oh, not even going she down this road. She gives it freely. Oh, uh, no. And then no. he just explodes. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, well, there goes the PG rating on this one. So <laughs> Anyway, so yes, he gets he gets the flame back from Lissa because they finished their marriage ritual. She knows that he's like... He loves her and that he wants to be true to her. And so uh, she gives him her flame. Uh, He got flame and he just, he he just torches this thing. Like that poor beast is just like, gets it over and over again. He is a flamer. Yeah. (laughs) He is someone who sets fire to things. That's it. Uh, And so, uh, yeah. So, So beast dies. Beast dies. Uh, Beast dies. Then they have to evacuate because now that the beast is the source of all life within the, 
ship. I'm I not guess. sure how that I works. Guess it gets I mean, sucked back into space. Well, and... so considering he, like the whole thing is a metaphor for his anus. Like once he's dead, <laughs> then his anus collapses. It uh, prolapses yeah, back into space. That's it. This is the colonoscopy of <laughs> you know retribution. So you know yeah. his sphincter is seizing, and they have to get out of there before it's full. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's fully puckered. That's it. There's an edema. Yeah, a swelling. So, so they get out just in time. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing collapses, falls into bits, and. Uh, they walk off into the flowers. They go. They have a roll in the flowers, and all laugh and like, ha 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 ha. And um, yeah, we get a call back to that beautiful Lord Marshal uh, line. Oh yes, because now um, before only the king and the Lord Marshal have the key, and you know yeah. we, we never were going to allow the. the this is a, sort of the noble sacrifice that the yeah. bandits make is that they don't want to be freed until you know they've completed the mission. While well, mission's now complete, so. Uh, Crabtree? Crabtree. Crabtree gives the key to, yeah. uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Torquil. Yeah. And Torquil now is the Lord Marshal. Yeah. Because now he's got the key, he gets to assume the power. And, That's right. And everything is square in the universe. That's it. Uh, the Titch and Orko, is it? Uh, Ergo. Ergo the Magnificent. <laughs> no Whatever. Kidding. No kidding. <laughs> Insert magic name here. <laughs> so they 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 all wander off too because they're now uh buddies yep kind of thing so those are the survivors is lissa um cuttlefish yep uh cactus tor- plant cactus plant <laughs> yeah, no. torquil um yeah. uh neeson he makes it out doesn't no he? no no oh, neeson no, gets wiped that's out right. he gets wiped out Shit. yeah I don't, I don't know if he makes it into the castle or something i know coltrane nope. gets it i think climbing up the mountain and he has a lovely little mustache moment. With, That's uh, right. He's Torquil. a sour dude. That whole he thing, hey, eh? he's no fun. Yeah. I, Considering all like how great he is, is like you know the leper and princess bride, or you know even in, like Hagrid. I mean, he's a fun guy to watch as a rule, but yeah, not in this. He was kind of a downer. He was a downer. He wasn't great, but uh, still lovely to see him though. Lovely to see a yeah, young. And totally. he is yeah, he is built like a pyramid. It's insane. Um. So yeah, that's that's a synopsis essentially, a loose and goosey synopsis of good old, which Carl. only took about forty eight minutes to get to. <laughs> so not bad. We've actually got this trend going right now, where all of our quick synopses yeah. uh, are the bulk of the podcast. Yeah. Someone set a fire in your car because it took too long, and I got bored. <laughs> Money, please. So. So Tristan, we we need desperately to find a way to monetize this <laughs> this podcast. It's not not the cash cow that we thought it was going to be, and yet we're going to find a way that we can be so compelling with these amazing businesses that people right. are just going to flock to us. So I don't know. Have you been thinking about this a little bit this week? I have, I have, and I think I've got a gem. Okay, I got a I got a, a golden gem, which I think just a gem would be more sort of lucrative. So. No kidding. What's that gilded? No kidding. It's so good. It's a gem wrapped in gold in foil and then buried in a like uh, Fabergé egg. It is. It's, it's that, that precious. It's a turducken of <laughs> Nice. All right. So, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you hear the, actually I've got a twofer. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. This is actually going straight out to our dad, Brian Ham. So are you a little clumsy? Do you find that sometimes you uh, you cut yourself a little bit, or that you you tend to find that you're wounded when you really didn't need to be wounded? Well, well, my friend, what you need to do is come to this amazing place called Back to the Suture. It's for cut and wound services. And imagine you lose a finger, like you're just you're playing around with a saw, and you're just kind of nonchalantly trying to flick a chip out of the way, and then suddenly instead of flicking a chip, you flip a digit. <laughs> Well, come to Back to the Suture where it, they're going to keep things like on the McFly side of 
of the cheaper things and you know um no kidding if you have to go to doc brown town uh after you shit yourself after you just cut a finger off maybe this is the place to go and don't don't forget to visit their sister company though it's it's the wizard of gauze they're gonna they're gonna bandage you up really well i mean follow that uh red brick road because <laughs> it's it's soaked in blood there you go yeah. where we're going we don't need band-aids oh yeah, that's, that's, that's all right. We're just playing with these things. All right, show me what you got. Let's. Okay, uh, what, well, what's your great business for this week? Well, you know what? I got I got approached. Okay. I got I got a tap on the shoulder. And oh. I'm, I'm feeling pretty happy about that. Ooh. So um, the company that tapped me on the shoulder to endorse them this week is Clear and Present Manger, which is uh, nativity <laughs> seats. That's a so, that's a year round business. It, it, no kidding. How are they doing right now financially? <laughs> so, so good. Because when they, they tapped you on the street, was that as they were like also asking to drop their pants for money? Or? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty, pretty good. Much. Well, tell me, tell me about the value proposition of um, Clear and Present Manger. Well, you know what? It's um, when you are in desperate need of uh, uh, baby Jesus, of, uh, you know, uh, what's Jesus' dad? I can't remember. Joseph! Joseph. Holy <laughs> smokes! <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Pathway to hell yeah. are you looking down yeah. right now? Like does Is there like just a like a demon down there rubbing his like fingers together and licking his chops as you're going through this? Well he would be if I wasn't kitted up with such an impressive nativity scene. Well something that terrorists oh, really, no. really are envious of because uh you know, this is uh Tom Clancy endorsed. Well that's it. <laughs> Actually, I feel like that would be the most dangerous manger setting of all. Like you wouldn't even want to try to mess with that manger. It's, it's a danger manger. That's no, stranger manger. Okay. Well, look, it's all strange. That's that's kind of the, the bare, like kind of the essential core of all mangers. Is it's a little bit weird. Exactly. All right, clear and present manger. You, you is, it's a little bit weird. No kidding. Clear and present manger. Praise Jesus. Not bad. Give me some thoughts about Carl. So, I mean... Yeah, you know, okay. Differences so, between, you know, when you were a kid and, yeah. and now. What did you see different? Well, um, okay. So, what I saw different, I think, um, and we talked about this and joked about this, was just I was obsessed with that weapon, you know, because I think at that time I was also uh, dabbling in D&D. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm much more immersed now, <laughs> as we are both are. Yes, sure. You know, but uh, I was sort of dabbling in D&D and thinking, like, you know, weapons and things like that. And I thought, oh, this is an awesome weapon. In fact, actually, here's a here's a weird sidebar, is that uh, when we took up D and D again, I mean, this was three four years ago, I yep. think, yep. Uh, with our, our good buddy uh, Fletch, we um, I ran a, a homebrew campaign, and you crushed a bunch of tinker gnomes, right? Okay? And they had a bunch of weapons. They did. And one of and the weapons was, was the glaive. That's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's really cool. Yeah. So I because it's that. always stood out for mm. me. So I guess as a kid, I always loved that weapon. Like, yeah. It was just the idea of it. And I mean, when he finally uses it, he gets control of it, and he learns <clears> and cuts through a, a door, and he and he wipes out a few slayers with it. Finally. Oh my god. You he could know? have done like such short work of all of these idiots. Yeah. Just like, and again. Just get some practice in because you know yeah. the big show's coming up. So you, <laughs> you may want to just, you know, make sure. Yeah. It's maybe, maybe a little performance issue. No, no kidding. Uh, so so uh, that weapon really stands out as, as when I was a kid, like something, oh, I love that weapon. And so watching it now, I was, I was like, that's still like a cool thing. Yeah, you know? it is neat. Yeah, it's a neat weapon. 
and I wish they used it more, but they didn't. And, and yeah, yeah, I get it. I guess you got to save it for the right moment and all that kind of thing. But um, so that was neat. And and what I, another thing I took away from this is is I thought, okay, before we watched it, I I went in going, okay, the special effects are gonna be garbage. You know, it's yeah, the yeah. time. Of course. Blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just resign myself to that. But one thing that I was very impressed with was whenever the Slayers would die, they gave out this piercing, weird scream. Yeah. And that scream has haunted my dreams, that scream. It has. I actually have very distinct memories of that. Yeah. That has always stuck. But I not just that. Okay, go ahead. But when that, they, like whenever they die out of their coconut, <laughs> comes, comes this little slimy thing that burrows into the ground. The slimy things were really ups- upsetting. Really upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. And so... There were some parts where I'm like, oh, wow. Like, this would have really left an impression when I was a kid. But I don't I don't remember a lot of nightmares. Actually, weirdly enough, when I was a kid, the thing that I had the most nightmares most about was the xenomorphs from Aliens. Oh, well, that's a fair one, right? Like, that's yeah. a pretty terrifying creature, especially, yeah. you know, we used to watch Alien oh. uh, when we were little in Fort McMurray and my parents, like, hot tub, hot tub, sorry, hot, hot, tub. hot water bed. <laughs> we call it hot tub because we would get in there and crank it up to maximum yeah, temperature. Basically. So it was like, oh, this is great. All right, well, good night. <laughs> Leave those guys to sweat it out. Sweat. And oh my God, exactly, like that yeah. hot compress that we, you know, call a bed after we were done with it. But for yeah. sure, you like, honestly... I remember yeah. being like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. It's completely, it's a black and white television. We're yeah. pitch black. We're, we're sort of tucked into bed while they're out Party. partying. <laughs> oh my God, my parents had so many parties when we were kids. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. Anyway, but yeah, that's a, it's a really, and considering, the, you know, we watched Aliens recently. We just watched yeah, it the other day. Yeah. Uh, but Alien, that's a terrifying it, movie. Terrifying. Awesome work in really building that suspense. It's a beautiful film. Yeah. Uh, many have talked about it as a perfect film. And I would agree with that. But that's that's the thing that gave me the most nightmares was that creature. Yep. But watching this, I was amazed when I was a kid. It was like, and this relates kind of to my kids too. And I'll, yep. I'll explain this in a sec. Sure. Is, is um, you know, this terror I felt uh, with the alien. But I don't think I ever had nightmares about the crawl slayers. And I'm surprised, mm-hmm. surprised at that, that I, I didn't have that kind of insane fear well they're just these weird little testicles that kind of like <laughs> scurry away i'm like oh i didn't know like are, are they scarier now I uh, like, as creatures or like were they scarier as like the the dudes in the shells like i, I couldn't yeah. I, there was something just really odd about it like I, it was such an interesting disconnect and what a kind of a neat yeah. premise yeah that i just i was, thought that was really cool like that they yeah. did something really unique and again that sound the sound of them dying is just like oh yeah it's so unique and it's not it's they, they borrowed it from another film i don't know the you film. were saying yeah but um, so the way I relate it now, and, I, and I'll, I'll wrap this up quick, is with my kids, I'm always conscious of the things that that will give them nightmares. My kids are pretty susceptible to nightmares and sure. stuff like that, right? So I'm thinking about the things that give them nightmares because I want to show them the films that I watched as a kid. And we, we watched not long ago Willow. And there's a moment in Willow where like Willow taps this uh, troll with a wand and the the troll sort of curls up in a ball and then these tentacles come out and rip the troll's flesh off. Oh my. And turn it into this gooey <laughs> thing, right? And I'm watching this and I'm watching them and they're just horrified. I'm nice. like, okay, this is nightmare fuel. Yeah. But then I didn't I didn't have those kind of nightmares. So it was just interesting that parallel. I think that's, if I had to take away anything, it was that th- th- different things affected me when I was a kid, whereas my kids 
are affected by different things. Like the last yeah. thing I'll say is my my daughter has a huge, massive fear of awkward situations. Oh. She will literally run out of the room whenever someone's like, "Oh, I really screwed up there. I'm sorry." You know, when it's kind of awkward. Really, that is her biggest terror. I haven't noticed that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's I'll have to be more anyway. attentive. Yeah, but you, what? What'd oh, you get? Out? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was just like piecing it together in, in terms of its time. Hmm. Like you know, when we when we were watching through it, and again, like so, you know, it started with the James Horner music, and I was like, oh wow, okay, mm. so I know exactly what time this is because we just watched like Wrath of Khan from 1982, so it was hot on the heels of that. I was like, this is <laughs> this is like really context for me. So that was yeah. cool. I thought that the um, the Freddie Jones part, like connecting that to Dune, was really cool. Yeah, so I mean, it just. Yeah. Often you think about these things in isolation, right? Like yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about them as you know. Here's here's these guys working in the Hollywood system. Here's these guys yeah. like going from movie to movie, and you know, being a working actor. I was thinking of it as these sort of uh, independent moments that you sort of take in and, and really focusing on. And so my takeaway from this was it gave me a better appreciation of that time yeah. uh, in Hollywood and what the filmmakers were up to, and you know how the sensibilities around like maybe science fiction was changing or fantasy was changing and. You know, these things were obviously really hot and people were interested in trying to make adaptations and, you know, we, we were sort of joking in the beginning just about Lucas, like, suing the shit out of people, but I actually feel like if you compare these types of efforts to, like, again, a canon-esque effort, <laughs> at least people were, like, putting in legitimate, you know, good actors, good yeah. good score, um, you know, it's it's that sort of thinking. I, I yeah. felt like it gave me a better perspective on, on that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I really, I you know special effects and everything else kind of set aside I thought it was a, it was a good watch I was fun to do it was fun. to your point I mean it wasn't like it wasn't holding up in a way where I was like oh wow like this is great like yeah. again when we talked about Wrath of Khan I was like this movie is still as good as I remember it yes. being when I was a kid or, and maybe in some ways better because of that director's cut and the extra added oh. footage where you're like oh this is cool like right. I'm, I'm oh god I love this backstory but yeah. at any rate uh, I still felt like it was it was great for me to kind of use it as a a, a contextual piece yeah. to, to, to our youth. Any connection to nowadays? Anything anything <clears throat> to take away that you could relate it to? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, we always... <laughs> this is my my always take on these is like, okay, so what am I going to use it now as a, as a yeah. parenting move? Like, or what am I going to learn from this? Um, you know, I think the big takeaway for me on a film like that is... Well, you know, we talked a bit about it, about Masters of the Universe, right? Yeah. So so here's a Freddie Jones, who's a guy who's just, I think he's a little bit better than this film. I think he's probably someone who was like a really great actor uh, and someone who probably did this as like an Alec Guinness moment of yeah. just, all right, well, fuck, it's a paycheck. But but, but he really poured himself he into poured it. poured himself And he was really, like, he was big and bold. And I think yeah. he, he made you kind of feel like, okay, well, the thing that they're doing, even though it's pretty silly, like they get the glaive instantly. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, Liam Neeson's just whoring around his way through, <laughs> through the countryside. Like, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that, too. Sorry. So the big Liam Neeson power is he's got, like, 50 wives. Yeah. And he is humping a lot. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. so so my, my takeaway from this is, as with anything, like, it's put yourself, put your best foot forward. Always do yeah. the best that you can. Yeah. Make the most of any situation. Try to sure. do what you can from it. I'm thinking about a parenting moment, though, specifically. Mm. Um and it just seems like the parent figures in this were really interesting. Like, yeah. uh, here's a here's a tough lesson I think for any parent, um, especially when your kids are whiny or they're being <laughs> like, you kind of lame or they just want to feel sorry for themselves. Yeah. You know, one thing about the wise one is he always pulled um, cup of soup along. Like he always <laughs> he did he, he did he, no he did like he, it, this yeah. and this again it's like a Star Wars moment where yeah. you know 
Luke Skywalker's not not the best protagonist, but it, it, it's these guys who you sort of see past it all and think, you know what, you have a destiny out there, you've got a, a future out there, and you know I'm coming to the end of my life, and I'm fully prepared to sacrifice myself yes. so that you can realize your potential. And I think, you know, as a parent, oftentimes you see the moments and you're like, oh, like stop, like stop being annoying or stop being whiny or stop, you know, taking yourself too seriously. And I think one of the the things I was really mindful about this was, you know, help help your kids see past those things. Be yeah. that parent that can be supportive even when you see the behavior. Yeah. Because the temptation is to cave into it yes. and, you know, get frustrated with it. Yeah. Um, but I think <laughs> obviously this isn't what the, the role or the character was supposed to do or what the main message of the film was. But I think there's something you can really appreciate about, you know, persevering with people you believe in and you know yeah. that they have potential and helping them see that potential through. Well, that pragmatic view. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But also an optimistic view. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't I don't think some of the characters in these films are all that easy to, to be lovable with. <laughs> like, um, Capsule is a bit of an, of an asshole. Like, he's not really likable in many he's ways. He's arrogant. You know, yeah. he's cocky and stuff. Yeah. And also pathetic in some ways. But yeah. at the end of the day, like, you know, you see that potential and you see it through. What about you? What was your takeaway? Oh, uh, well, no, I, I, uh, I'd have to say that that... That's sort of like nightmare fuel. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Fair play. Yeah. But no, no. I'm, I'm glad that you were paying attention to that. I'm glad that you, you listened to me while you, I sort of explained. I, I mostly just sort of let you flap and I think about yeah. where the whiskey's going to come from. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. You know I've been well, staring at this ice cube now for quite some time. <laughs> let just... the whiskey upstairs. And we'll get that in a moment. But yeah. I just wanted to say, you know, I think you've got a good view, a good point of view. I think you've got a good perspective on a lot of. Uh, you know the, well, the view of, of what you need to see and extract out of this film in particular, because it's easy to go at this film and say, "Hey, this is kind of just a silly turd," but but there are gems in it, right? You could polish that turd a little bit, and I think that's something you're <laughs> you're particularly good at is Thanks. polishing turds. Well, that's that's what I do. Well, you do, you do. You're a spin doctor, and so literally, <laughs> and so uh, you know, I think that's a that's a nice skill to have, and I think you know well, that maybe it's something you can transfer onto your kids. But oh, I think thank you. I think there's something else that you. You need to take away from this. What's that? Go get your fucking shine box. Motherfucker. This has been Get Your Shine Box with Chris Ham and Tristan Ham. Intro and outro music by Ross Smith. Tune in for more episodes as we discuss movies we watched and stuff we did as dads.